Side Hustle Show 157. This is Amazon FBA retail arbitrage on steroids. How my guest went from zero to six figures in less than a year. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's happening? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. Some crazy ideas and results for you in today's show. Now, we talked about the Amazon FBA business before, both on the private label side with Andy Slammons and Will Mitchell, and on the retail arbitrage side with Travis Scott. And those are some of the most popular episodes in the archives. This business, if, if this is your first time hearing about it, it's a variation on the old you know, age-old buy low, sell high business model, only you tap into Amazon's giant built-in marketplace of buyers to find your customers. It's just on you to find profitable inventory to list for sale. Now, today, we're going to dive into just what kind of scale is possible in an Amazon FBA business without importing, without private labeling products, all on the retail arbitrage side. My guest is Asad Siddiqui. He's a finance director by day uh, at a Boston hospital. And he's a master side hustler by evenings and weekends. He's grown this business from zero last April, April 2015, to more than $300,000 in revenue by the end of the year. And I know because Assad would send me screenshots every couple months with with just an ever-growing sales number. And as the year went on, I was like, okay, we, we've got to share this with, with Side Hustle Nation, how you're doing this. And thankfully, he agreed to that. So all the notes and links for this episode, uh, plus a free downloadable uh, PDF highlight reel are at sidehustlenation.com slash 157. Ready? Let's do it. It was kind of around the time that the side hustle coaching experiment was kicking off a little bit. So I felt inspired to kind of try and do a couple of little things. You know, like you had mentioned, I dabbled in some some design work before that. I had tried a little um, just professional consulting on the side. And, you know, I found the ability to generate some revenue, but not a, like a consistent stream. I heard a little bit about reselling. So I decided to take a little opportunity and try that out a little bit. Basically started with something called retail arbitrage, which is basically just looking for items in stores that I could buy cheaply and sell for more money on Amazon. And I trolled the clearance sections and found out that this business model could actually work. So absolutely pretty simple uh, buy low, sell high business model. Do you remember what your first purchase was? The first thing ever that I bought was a Barbie closet that was on sale at Target, actually. It was just a really good deal. It was marked down like about 75% of what the original price of it was. And I could sell it for like three times the price on Amazon. I bought five of them and they sold and I was hooked from there. With these six-figure months you're posting here at the end of the year, is it still all retail arbitrage or have you gone down the private label importing products route? Not quite with any of the importing stuff yet. You know, I think that's in the future. Really, it kind of started with doing a lot of shopping in the stores. And that to me kind of proved the concept to me. You know, it's really easy for me to understand that I can go and a clearance section and find things that are much lower priced than may be selling for elsewhere. And as I came to understand the Amazon marketplace a little bit better, I found that there's 
all sorts of different products and all sorts of different niches that you can sell and turn over for fairly good money just in the stores. And I did that for probably about, I don't know, about three, three and a half months. And after I really started to progress and, you know, the sales started to grow a little bit, I found that shopping in the stores was getting to take a lot of my time. That's my beef against this side hustle. It it seems kind of like a needle in a haystack. I'm trying to find these deals that may or may not even be there. Or like, what if somebody showed up half an hour before me and bought all the good stuff? And it feels like there's very little like me involved, very little skill involved. And so I have a hard time with it. But I mean, you're seeing some amazing results. And and it sounds like you've applied some some very skillful stuff to it. At this time, how much time are you spending on it per week, maybe when you started and, and maybe today? I think initially there was a lot more front loading of the work. So I was spending, you know, 20 or 25 hours a week on top of a full time job on this side hustle, just because there was so much to learn and there's so much to do when you're kind of getting started and you're not really familiar or haven't developed any efficiencies for any parts of the process yet. Yeah. And I found that I needed to invest that time just because in the long term, I knew I didn't want to do all of these things in my business, but I need to learn those things before I could delegate to someone else and be able to assess whether they're doing a good job or not. So walk me through maybe a typical trip to the store. What's your thought process? What's your like buying criteria, right? Because we've heard from uh, from Travis Scott last summer. He's like, hey, I'm looking for something I can at least double my money on and has like a sales rank in that category under 100000 Do you follow similar rules or I'm curious to see how you buy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those are both great rules to adhere to. You know, I have a little bit of a rolling sales rank scale in certain categories because basically, at least the way that I approach buying is I want to buy within the top 1% of every category. So rule of thumb, that's right around 100,000 for most categories. But if you look at some of them, there's actually far fewer items there. So you may want to say only buy under 50,000 in baby. Right. That's a great example. Or 50,000 in groceries, another rule that I kind of try and adhere to. You know, what I kind of found as I progressed in this business was it became less of a needle in a haystack sort of mentality for me because I learned about what are the things that I needed to do to evaluate whether a product is good and whether I feel like I can consistently turn it over for a profit on Amazon. So what were those things? Because the secret sauce, or, or if there is such a thing to this business, is not like, you know, those one-off purchases where it's like, okay, great, I can double my money on this $10 thing. But like, you know, finding a more consistent resource or like finding lots of 20 at a time or something. So what did you end up learning? I ended up learning that I needed to use my time more efficiently. So one of the things that I started to kind of shift gears towards is I needed to either be able to find product more easily. So there's a number of different paid services that you can utilize to help with that kind of aspect of your business. Or I needed to delegate away portions of the other parts of the work that I was doing so I could take more time and find more product, right? Because you're not making money if you're not finding product. Right. That's really it at the end of the day. I basically started to layer on some of these additional things. So an example would be is I hired something called a prep and pack company. So when I'm buying things online, I just mail them directly to this company and they'll take care of the product inspection, the Amazon labeling, 
they'll box it all for me and send it into Amazon. So all I have to do is buy the item online and then they take care of everything else. A specific company you recommend for that? I'm utilizing a couple of different vendors at this point in time. So, you know, I I wouldn't really give anyone a, a quick shout out. What labeling requirements are there? So I've been doing this embarrassingly for about the same amount of time and have nowhere near the same results, although I'm not dedicated to you know, this kind of really focused learning to it. You, you know, a handful of the products say, okay, you need to apply this label, and I always just check the box and say, fine, you do it for me for 20 cents. What other requirements are there? What I do is I send in all labeled items. So I want to be able to maintain some quality control over my items, and one of the ways that you can do that is you're basically labeling your items so that when a customer buys an item from you, it's not from a batch of items. So that's something called commingling, which is also something you can do in the Amazon space. But all you're basically paying someone to do is print out an item-specific label that's attached to your Amazon account so that when your item is sold, they'll know, all right, I got to get it from the Philadelphia warehouse where I have some of Nick's stuff. With all of your Amazon items, regardless of whether you want to label them or not, is this sorting it into whatever are the Amazon pre-specified item quantities in their boxes, right? All of that stuff is portions of the business that I chose to delegate away either to my prep and pack company, but I also trained local packers to do this work for me. So when I did retail arbitrage or when I bought things online, I could just leave the stuff with them or get it mailed to them even and just remove my role in that part of this Amazon business. So that's kind of your, your way of systemizing a business that's kind of tough to systemize. Exactly. And then I started to do the same thing on the front end. So, you know, I buy some information, like basically product leads, you know, so you can buy those monthly or one at a time these days. And then you still do your own homework. You know, you're going to get a list of 15 items or something, and then you go in and you evaluate them. But, you know, someone has already done some of the homework for you and cherry picked out of all of the different items that exist on walmart.com that, okay, these 15 items may have promise. So you'll probably find a few of them in there that are going to save you a bunch of time instead of having to do all of that evaluation from scratch. Any services you like on that front that are like, you know, these subscription services that help source these things? One that really helped me in the online arbitrage kind of world, which is called OAX-Ray, it basically just allows you to query like a whole website, uh, a page on a website all at once against Amazon and shows you the winners and losers in a pretty easy to use format. So, you know, that really made it so that when I was doing any searching myself, I was able to really save a lot of time and really just cut down to, all right, these are the good ones and these are the ones that I want to be working with. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like 
LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that's for the online arbitrage on the retail front. Any favorite stores or, or you know, where are you finding? Because like the, the volume, at least, it seems tough to do locally. I live in the Boston area, so I, I kind of just have a fair number of stores in pretty close proximity to me, you know. So I have like over 15 Home Depots that I can get to within an hour. And I have about the same number of Targets that are really close by. Okay. So I have a lot of stores. So when I find something, you know, one of the big other things that – you need to do if you really want to grow this business is figure out how you scale your quantity, right? Yeah. So both on the retail front, I applied this by when I'd find something good at one Target or one Walmart, I could go to all of those Targets or Walmarts in proximity of me and get 15 or 20 of the items instead of just two of them. What I would always do when I go to stores is you want to check the clearance section for sure because there's really some opportunity for there to be gems in there. And that's rotational, you know, the same items aren't always going to be in clearance. So you want to go whenever you're hitting a store and check what's new in their clearance. If you've already seen it, it might not be worth it. But a lot of times these chains will have the same great deal, like across all their stores in an area. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you find like a sale item or if you find there's a lot of regular priced items that you can buy and resell and make a good profit on you know you take advantage of that and that's the way you scale really in the retail spaces you go to more stores and you buy the same thing over and over again now how about on the online side because this seems even crazier to me because like who doesn't have access to some comparison engine or like, like this is this is the whole idea behind comparison shopping. Like if I can get it cheaper someplace else, why wouldn't I just do that? You bring up a great point. And I mean, I think what it comes down to is a lot of consumers have just gravitated towards the convenience that Amazon offers. You can get your things in two days and it's probably the most no hassle returns that I think anyone has experienced. At least that's what I've had as a consumer. 
people are willing to sometimes pay a little bit more just to get the thing in two days and not have to go out and grab it. No, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, right? It's like I think one in four households is like a prime customer, which is just nuts. It's like you're paying Amazon to like have the privilege to do business with them. So I think there is something to that. And so this OA x-ray service is something that helps real quick what is online arbitrage just let people know it's so yeah online arbitrage is basically the same thing as retail arbitrage but now you're just buying things online so from sears.com or twizzarus.com or what have you and then reselling those same items on amazon the nice thing about online arbitrage is it's really easy to scale because you can order five or ten of the same thing, typically through an online retailer very easily, and there's no way you can guarantee that you're going to get five or ten of an item in a store. Yeah, right. And and you can do it in you know just a couple clicks versus like you know driving there and and potentially being disappointed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you're making better use of your time, and you're more sitting at home, even if you want to be or. You could do it anywhere in the world, frankly, if you wanted to, if you have a prep center that you're sending all of your items to. Okay, so you buy it from Sears.com and like you'll never touch it. You'll send it directly to your pack and prep company? Exactly. It's kind of crazy stuff. I haven't really heard much, <laughs> much about this before. It's part of how, at least for me, that I progressed in this business is the more and more that I wanted to see sales growth I found that my time was like a big limiting factor because I could only spend so much time in the stores at first. Then I just felt like three quarters of my time was spent packing all of this stuff up and I wasn't making any money when I was packing. So I figured out, all right, here's how I can move this piece of work off my plate, you know, and I think as my business looks to grow, that same thing is going to happen and I'm going to continue to try and that's one of the big things that has really worked well for me is I'm, I, I segment pieces of the process and I look at ways that I can outsource that. So now I'm going to really try and ramp up things on the VA side this in 2016. What was your initial investment like in, in this thing? Did you say, hey, look, I'm going to throw 500 bucks at this and see what happens? What, what was your attitude there? I put 1500 bucks into the business at first. Okay. And you know, it's kind of weird because it's kind of a rolling scale. You know, as you get a sale, you make some money back. And over the course of time, certainly that $1,500 snowball. But I kind of kept a little investment rolling. You know, I, I had a, a monthly allocation at first. But then eventually I was just reinvesting the proceeds back in. It was a big way that I grew. How quickly were you able to break even, uh, I guess, you know, as soon as those Barbie closets sold? No, not quite. That was just a portion of the money, you know. Then I, I had a whole bunch of Ninja Turtles that I bought that day. But basically, I think that it was running in the red through about a month and a half or two months, you know. I was getting close to break even, but when you're only selling a few items, little things like fees or returns can have a big impact on your profitability at any given point in time. So. You know, I had a couple of really big ticket items that I sold. I remember at the beginning of my FBA career, which was like these bidets that I got on Woot.com. I bought them for 250 bucks a piece and I was able to sell them for over $400. And 
I got four of them and they sold really quickly. And then a month later, two of them got returned. And oh mm. my God, it was a killer. Like that's $800 out of your Amazon bank account at that point in time. Now, do they go back into your inventory to, to be eligible to resell? It depends. What I choose to do is I get the majority of my items sent back to me. I want to inspect them myself because quality is really important to me at the end of the day. I don't want to risk my privileges of selling on Amazon and have dissatisfied customers. And you don't know, sometimes people will return a used item in place of your new item. So, you know, you can either get it sent to you or Amazon can sometimes inspect it themselves. But I feel like I will be more thorough or I will delegate it to someone who is more thorough than what they will do at this point in time. I'm on the OA uh, x-ray site now. It says, hey, there's a three-day free trial. So if anybody listening wants to check it out, three-day free trial to uh, to see how this works. Yeah, so it's a Chrome extension. And basically, you know, if you're doing online shopping, like, you know, you still have to evaluate your items the same way you would when you're doing retail shopping. So is the sales rank within kind of my sales targets? Am I able to buy this at you know, two, uh, half or a third of the price that I'm going to be able to sell it at. You have to do that with every single item on a page, right? So what this software does is it basically, if there's 25 items on the page, it's going to search all of them against what is available on Amazon and tell you what's up, what are the hits and the losses, that kind of thing. You're you're not the only subscriber to this software, right? And so everyone is kind of looking at the same thing. Everyone has access to the same information, which which was the saving grace for the retail arbitrage stuff. Because it's like, well, no one else doing this business might have come to that Toys R Us today. But it's like this one seems even harder to kind of differentiate or compete with or, or, or avoid the like inevitable like race to the bottom on price. I felt exactly the same way. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times, some items can tank if they get really popular amongst a lot of sellers. But I think you need to have more of an abundance mentality when it comes to products on Amazon. Because there really are millions and millions of things for sale, if, especially if you start to just shop for things maybe that don't use the tool. You know, you can copy the name of any item and search for that thing on Amazon. And if those pictures match, and you can do the same basic evaluation. You can basically figure out, okay, maybe I can turn this item over for money. And if you go to really obscure sites or regional stores for retail arbitrage and you can get more exclusivity, those products have a tendency to do better, in my opinion. So, you know, you got to connect the dots in the way that it works. And you're right, though. It's more like you got to play the law of averages, too, right? Like you have more wins than losses at the end of the day, and your business will be growing, and you'll be able to generate a profit. Yeah. Every single item that you buy will not win, and every single item that I bought doesn't win. It's just the reality of doing the business. It's like the market. Yeah. No, I've, I've made some less than ideal purchases early on because I was eager to like you know dive in and see what happened which pushed out my break-even window quite a bit so I feel like I'm getting better I'm learning uh, learning as I go and uh, and definitely this is a really inspiring conversation uh, as well any other apps tools tech that you recommend using profit bandit while you're in the store or you, you're pretty much not going to stores anymore another thing that at least I use that really helps save a lot of time for me is this product called My Inventory Lab. It really kind of helps you get through the shipping process much more quickly. It adds, you know, the items to the Amazon, your Amazon FBA catalog. 
more efficiently than you can. It helps you kind of pack things into boxes more quickly. So, you know, implementing that really started to save a lot of time from our business. Okay. And that one, I think a couple of people have recommended that. That's like 40 bucks a month. And it helps you kind of track too, like, you know, on a per item basis, what you spend on it and, and what you made on it. Exactly. You know, it helps you assess, is your business actually making money every month at the end of the day, especially if you're diligent about putting all your expenses into it. So, so that's definitely a tool that I would recommend, you know, so that actually comes with a, it's like in a free scanner app, which is nice. So I use that basically when I'm shopping for retail arbitrage. I, I started out with Profit Bandit though, and it's basically the same functionality, but both are good at the end of the day. You know, I think another thing that really started to help me with my business was paying people for some information. So just either getting on a subscribed list and there's a lot of different ones that are out there or paying for 15 items at a point in time for five bucks or something, helping me spend my time just evaluating a few items instead of having to go through the sea of items on certain websites was awesome. Sure. It sounds so like mafia. Like I, I was, I paid a guy for information. <laughs> like what? Yeah. And that kind of doesn't make much sense too. Like why is a person selling the information instead of just buying the product themselves and making them and making the markup or making the margin on it? So probably one of the biggest assets for FBA seller, if you really want to get serious, is the Facebook communities that exist around FBA. People share a lot of information. One of the things that people share are these product finds. So eventually you kind of come to realize that there's going to be more products that you can find than you have money to spend. So when you can keep finding products, one of the things that some folks have started to do is they're monetizing that by selling these lists. Okay. So maybe they buy some of these products, but maybe they just find them and they say, all right, I can sell this to 20 people for 10 bucks each and I'm making 200 bucks without having any of the risk of returns or having to deal with this product. Sure. So, you know, it's, one of those multiple income streams, I think, that started to emerge as more people have looked to get into this business. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. One of the sourcing groups you mentioned was FBA Sourcing Simplifiers uh, on Facebook. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Any other ones that you like? Yeah, so there's um, the Scan Power Facebook group. There's FBA Master. There's a really a ton of them. You know, I just recommend to someone who's looking to get started in this business that, you know, take a little bit of time and just get around some of these free things that are available in the space because you can learn a lot of information 
and it'll help you get started and avoid a lot of headaches later on if you start to get involved with some of these folks who are really giving a lot of this information away. People are looking to help each other. It's a really interesting kind of community that has developed, I think. So finding all the different tips and tricks that of other people are more experienced than you and who have grown their businesses really will help you, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, are these like one-off purchases or is there like a, a newsletter or something that you subscribe to to get first crack at the, the deal? So there's like lots of different models, I guess. You can have certain groups where you pay a monthly or weekly subscription and they're sending you stuff every single day. You can buy something just for a one-time purchase and then you get a list of 15 items. Some places have... You pay a subscription to be a part of a Facebook group and they post Amazon to Amazon specific things. So things you can buy on Amazon today, maybe a week from now, sell for two or three times the money. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different ones that are out there. You know, I think it's just it's probably not the best place for someone to start, but it does I think help you, especially as you're looking to find ways to spend more and you don't have as much time to be able to go to the stores or sh- look through all the different websites. That's kind of your your uh, recommended path. Start off uh, scanning stuff in the store, then move to the online world, whether that's you know the DIY method or using a tool like the uh, OA X-Ray. You know, in the meantime, you're in these Facebook groups, you're networking and learning from other people doing it, and then <laughs> at the at the top end of that scale is like when you're you know making these these other investments. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that I would recommend to someone who is like, you know, looking to do this business is also to understand that there's a big, huge seasonality factor when it comes to the retail sales in general, but definitely if you're trying to sell things on Amazon, the fourth quarter, a lot of people can make three times the amount that they made. Basically you're going to make in the fourth quarter, what you do in the first nine months of the year in most cases, you know, and for my business, which again, just started last year, you know, December was more than the entire year before that. But that's a result of a lot of work that you're doing beforehand because you need to have a lot of inventory to be able to put up big numbers is another just absolute in the Amazon world. So, yeah, which means you have a lot of capital sitting around in their warehouses. Exactly. So, you know, the, the other thing I think that you need to try and do is you need to to build that inventory base. So what that probably means is if you're trying to make your 500 bucks into 5000 or $50,000, it's going to need to turn over a lot of times before you're going to get to that point. And if you take little bits of it out, you know, it's it's the same mentality as you have when you're investing in the stock market. You You need to keep that principal amount growing and reinvest the profits that you're getting on top of that to really get to that big level. And then once you're there, you know, you need to keep it going. Like that's, that's the gist of it. So, you know, at least that's reinvest those dividends. Yeah. So, you know, and when I start to think about next steps, right, like it's, it's really kind of going down those same themes. It's finding more pieces of the business that I can work with others and outsource. It's thinking about ways to scale through, buying products wholesale or importing my own products from China. But like with the initial stuff with FBA, I think there's going to be a learning curve. And I don't expect that I'm going to be wildly successful the first month that I do any of these things. Probably I'll have some big misses, but we'll see. You know, the first year was pretty good. So we've got a little bit of breathing room as we look forward to 2016. 
Yeah, I'd say so. You, do you see yourself like doing this full time at some point? Maybe, maybe not. I really ascribe to you know the Tim Ferriss philosophy. I'd love to do have a four hour work week if I can figure out how to make that happen. For now, I think it's more about getting to the place where I would feel like I could reasonably consider even leaving my full time job, and then I'll have a, a tougher decision to make because you know I I'm in a good place in terms of my career as well. So you know I don't want to totally say that I'm ready to give all of that up to do FBA full time, or at least I can't say that just yet. When the money is there, then it'll be a tougher call. That's for sure. Well, it sounds like it's uh, it sounds like it's there in a, in a pretty big way, and I understand a lot of that's getting reinvested. But uh, so, thank you so much for joining me and sharing this stuff with with Side Hustle Nation, guys. It's resellerconfessions.com, which will be uh, newly launched by the time this thing goes live, and uh, we'll wrap it up with your number one uh, tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip for Side Hustle Nation would be to learn in pieces and take action and then evaluate whether that's working for you. Repeat that process because at the end of the day, I think ambiguity is going to be the enemy of your progress in this business. You need to know exactly what you want to do and you need to like doing it and figure out how to keep doing it and make your business grow. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, Nick. All right. Talk to you soon. Learn in pieces and take action. That's what it's all about, one step at a time. Now, hopefully this chat with Asad got your gears turning on what might be possible with the Amazon FBA game. Definitely opened my eyes to uh, some different, <laughs> different possibilities. And I like how he called out my skepticism um, with the charge to have uh, more of an abundance mindset. And I think that was a good reminder both for me and uh, and for everyone listening along with, the, along with his advice to learn in pieces and take action. I thought that was really good. For this episode, all the notes and links you can grab at sidehustlenation.com slash 157. While you're there, be sure to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Asad's top FBA tips from our conversation. And thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 